This episode, I want to talk about Gary V and Jordan Peterson, two people who I think um, on the surface are like very different, right? One, a entrepreneur, business mindset genius, job creator, you know? I mean, what can you say about the guy? The other, a Canadian psychologist who uses lobsters to explain why communism is a bad idea. So what do these guys have in common and what can they tell us about where we are and where we're going? Now this all started when I was uh, sort of thinking about Jordan Peterson's uh, advice to young people. Clean your room. That's what he always says. Clean your room. Clean your room, bucko. Is that good? Is that bad? What do I think about that? And honestly, I couldn't really make heads or tails of what I thought about it. Because on the surface, it seems like a pretty reasonable statement. So I couldn't decide what I thought. Then I started reading Mary Midgley. She's a 20th century English philosopher. And something she said kind of stuck with me. She was talking about how sort of the current liberal, democratic, capitalist view of a human is much like a Lego brick. Everyone is an autonomous, self-contained unit and then we all snap together to make a society. But even though the bricks may be snapped together, they're all completely autonomous. And though you can make something by snapping these Lego bricks together, the actual snapping doesn't change the physical properties of any Lego brick. They stay the same color and shape regardless of where they are in the Lego build. And I think Jordan Peterson's view of the individual is kind of the same way. A lot of conservatives hold this view. That's why Jordan Peterson says to clean your room before criticizing society. He essentially says people should not be trying to change systemic issues or influence things on the world stage unless they personally have their lives completely together. Now, Jordan Peterson recently went to rehab for clonopin addiction, and I don't say that to, like, dog on the guy at all, but obviously he's not practicing what he's preaching there. Clearly, he didn't have his life in order, yet he still felt he could tell other people how to behave and even write a book basically telling people how to act, you know, 12 Rules for Life. More important thing is, though, this is how conservatives think about society and the individual and the interaction between them. That every individual is essentially this autonomous self-contained unit, this rational consumer maximizing profit in the market, and the interaction between Lego bricks has no impact. But I don't really think this is a useful way of looking at things because I think it's pretty clear that people are influenced by their environment and 
human beings are not static, they're dynamic. Everyone exists within a society and they're influenced by that society around them. It's interconnected. And that brings me to Gary V. finally. Everyone knows who this guy is. Probably he's an Instagram entrepreneur, influencer type guy. And I was talking about him on stream because I saw an Instagram post of his where he's holding up a phone and the message on the phone is, no one owes you shit. And I just thought, what a terrible way to be. I don't want to live in a world where no one owes me shit and where I don't owe anyone else shit because this is what capitalism does. It essentially turns everyone into a narcissistic profit seeker. And under capitalism, we are made to feel like no one owes us shit because as long as you've got the money, nothing else matters. But I think actually other people do owe other people shit. I think we owe each other everything. I owe my ancestors for creating the world that we live in now. I owe future generations for continuing the project of humanity. I owe everyone else on earth. I owe you everything. We all owe each other everything. Because we're all human. Now, that feels better, doesn't it? That feels better than nobody owes you shit, doesn't it? And the thing is, it's true. Gary is lying to you. We do owe each other shit. I owe the mechanics who keep the trucks that deliver my food running. I owe the farmers who grow the food that I eat. I owe the utility workers who keep the lights on and keep the water flowing. I owe the administrators and office workers who run everything behind the scenes that I take for granted. We owe each other. That's the point of a society is that we're all in this together. Capitalism is just one way of orchestrating cooperation through selfishness, basically, and playing on people's selfish instincts. But under capitalism, any good that we do each other is purely transactional, and that takes the love out of it. So back to the Lego brick model. We aren't just self-contained Legos that float around in a bin or get snapped together and change nothing for a result of it. We're dynamic individuals who exist together. So, that's that. I just wanted to talk about that briefly because that was really interesting to me. And I think this, uh, this, this atomized consumer view of people and social relations is really why we have such an epidemic of loneliness and high suicide rates and general feeling of meaninglessness in society because no one feels connected to anyone else. Everyone feels like they're floating with no community, no support, and no connection to others. That is to be one of the key goals of any socialist movement is building connections between people. It's one of the most important things we can do because numbers are the only advantage we have in this situation. We all know society is unequal. We all know what's going on. Everyone can see it. Everyone's aware of homelessness. Everyone knows that two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Everyone knows that one in ten Americans is food insecure. 
meaning they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Everyone knows that Amazon workers are on food stamps, while Jeff Bezos has billions of dollars. Everyone knows these things. The difference is some people are okay with that. Some people are going to justify that. Some people are going to make excuses for that. Some people are going to work overtime to try and explain away why we can't have better things. We all know that things are bad. The only difference is between those who are going to sit by and let it happen and those who are going to try and do something about it. And don't think that I'm saying this is a difference between Republicans and Democrats, because I'm not. Republicans and Democrats fundamentally want the same thing. Neither of them wants to stop this machine. I want to make that very clear. They have no interest in that. And we've seen that. We're seeing it as Joe Biden is starting his presidency when he bombs Syria before the COVID relief bill is even passed. We saw that under Trump when they funneled billions of dollars in tax cuts to the most wealthy Americans. And we saw it under Obama, the architect of the modern drone program, who bailed out banks in the 2008 financial crisis. Sorry to say, but neither side actually has an interest in stopping this. It is pure WWE-style theatrics. They both work for the same people. And Democrats might want the machine to be a little cleaner. They might want to tweak it a little bit, maybe make it a little more efficient, a little swifter, maybe slap a new paint job on it, but they have no interest in stopping it. They have no interest in stopping what's going on. And unless we exert pressure, unless we build an alternative, unless we show them that we aren't going to stand for what's going on, they never will. Thoughts on eating the rich. I, I did make a video on this, um, and I, I think it gets at, like, a, a wider thing, which is that, like, it's harder than you might think to define rich. And I understand why you might think that that's a nitpicky thing to say, right? Because, uh, of course, of course, you look at Jeff Bezos, it's like, all right, that dude needs to get taxed. But, like I said, if you live in the developing world, or, or developed, excuse me, you enjoy a much higher standard of living than pretty much anybody from, you know, the developing world, global south, third world, whatever you want to call it. So even just like on a definitions level, I don't think that uh, it's really as easy as a lot of people think to decide who's rich. Also, on like an optics level, I think it makes us look bad. It makes us seem very, like, petty and vengeful and angry, and it really doesn't help us, I don't think, to say that. As with most things, you have to look at this from a normal person's perspective. If you were just a normal, like, uh, a grilling dad, what 
do you think when you hear eat the rich? You are like, what? I'm not with that. They're, they're eating people, what? And then even if you think a little further into it and you're just like, well, well, they mean take the power away from them. You realize you realize what people think when they say that or when they see that they're not thinking like these people seem level headed and put together. They think like, holy shit, these people are vengeful. They're violent. Really, they just want to burn shit down and LARP their little revolution. And I don't really even think that they're wrong about that, honestly. I think a lot of people are pretty just like vengeful on the left. Like, here's another example of that. Maybe my most popular video now, where I duetted the extremely wealthy girl who had like a nightclub in her house. I said no hate to this person. And then the comments were full of people saying like, no, I hate this person. It's like just very weird to me. You know, like I, I understand the impulse, right? Of course, you're angry. I, I am too about that, you know, but the problem isn't that people are rich. The problem is that people are poor. If I could get universal health care without having to take away anybody's money, I, I would. But, you know, as any libertarian will tell you, you can't just print money out of thin air, which apparently you can. That's what the Federal Reserve's been doing for the past year. But uh, the money has to come from somewhere. So taxes, like we tax the rich. We get comments under the video saying, no, I do hate this person. And it's like, why do you hate them? Look, if you guys were in her situation, would you really give your money away? Because I think if most of us were in that situation, we would probably just enjoy the lifestyle. If you were Jeff Bezos, you would be Jeff Bezos. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were in his position, you would be doing all the same stuff they did. Hate is not how you do this stuff, you guys. We cannot have a politics that's built on hate. We cannot have like a negative politics. Because here's the thing, that's failing us right now. That is completely failing us. Uh, just a politics of blind hate. Eating the rich does not get us to a better world. Just like taking revenge on people, it's not how we get things to be better. I think we should try and have a politics that's built on love for people instead of hate. It should be built on a love for the working class and a love for just humanity generally. Just have to be disciplined. Any fighter will tell you that getting angry in a fight is not good for you. You should be angry, but you shouldn't let it override your discipline. We have to be disciplined. Your politics needs to be built on a concrete vision of a future that's better. It starts with a vision of a better future, then moves to policy prescriptions. How do we get there? Well, we all know that. You know, making sure everyone's needs are met, 
where they can live a dignified life and pursue their passions. People are talking about like, oh, you can't have a peaceful revolution, etc. I think you can, because I'm not talking about like a, a, a revolutionary war. I'm talking about a revolution in human consciousness. It sounds like hippie bullshit, but we've had a revolution in human consciousness before. I'm talking about feudalism to capitalism, right? We went from a feudal system and people's like consciousnesses, the way they viewed themselves and others in relation to like the state power and the economy was one way under feudalism. And then it changed under capitalism, the homo economicus, right? That's how that's people's self-conceptions, right? The, the economics and like transactional nature of things are built into everything we do. It wasn't that way under feudalism. People thought of themselves differently. They thought of themselves as uh, having a, a certain station. Hey, somebody did the Bible in the chat. Honestly, I'm still trying to work my way through Christianity. I think there's a lot of good nuggets there. Jesus was uh, a cool guy, I think. He was ahead of his time. Fan base kind of sketchy. Yeah, honestly, I wonder how much of the Bible is just uh, fan fiction and how much is actually canon. Yeah, early Christians lived in commune. Like it says, the Bible says they shared everything in common. Hating on religion, I'm sorry, is another bad optics move. I'm sorry, a lot of Americans are religious. So if you are just like completely anti-religious, you're going to alienate a lot of people. And it honestly, it almost seems like a lot of, a lot of people on the left enjoy that kind of like, it's a very, like, it's, it's like a purity culture, you know, where they, they really want to weed people out and like be edgy on purpose almost to kind of like prove that they're like a true believer or whatever. The right is not like this. They will accept anybody who like shows interest. Yeah, I mean, we're going to need religious people on our side if we want to get to our goals. And honestly, I think we can just point out like the hypocrisy of, of, of religious right wingers, because I think Christianity, I think, is much more in line with like socialism and left wing thought than right-wing thought. Jesus clothed the naked, feed the hungry, welcome the foreigner, you know, visit the imprisoned, the sick. Those things are all great. And that's exactly what we want. I mean, like, think about it, right? What was Christ's core teaching? Nonviolence. It was love. It was caring for other people. He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon meaning wealth. Right there, right there. That's like a very anti-capitalist. Anyway, that's it with the religious talk. Try not to alienate religious people. We're gonna need them. Jackie join a curse it. Have your cake and eat it. Baby, it's your birthday. Baby, it's your birthday.